How's it going, Topless Robot Podcast listeners? This is Ryan, uh, and uh, if you have been listening for a while, then you may be familiar with what this midweek episode might mean with my little intro spiel. It means that we took on another podcast. A new podcast debuted on the Topless Robot Network this past week, and we're really excited to welcome Animated Opinions to the network. Mel and M both have uh, experience uh, they both went to film school, and uh, they are spending that experience watching terrible animated movies and uh, picking them apart and uh, talking about them, uh, such as in the past they've uh, talked about uh, the Video Brinquedo films and uh, Mars Needs Moms and things like that. Analyzing where these various films went wrong, maybe talking some about the history of how and why they went wrong. Uh, so, without any further bullshit out of me, I present to you Animated Opinions. ToplessRobot.com presents... You're listening to Animated Opinions, the only podcast to feature both kinds of horse girl. I'm Melanie, the first kind of horse girl. God damn it, I'm Emily. She's the other kind of horse girl. I am all kinds of horse girl. It's true. And this week, we are talking about from the mind of a four-year-old to the smallest screen imaginable, it's Monster Trucks. Hell yeah, it's Monster Trucks. Hell yeah, it's Monster Trucks. It's a movie that features multiple monsters and multiple trucks doing the kinds of stuff that trucks do. Climbing up walls knocking bad guys into dumpsters, being a part of the Globo-Industrial Complex. Comforting teenage boys when they cry. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing that happens in this movie. This movie's deep, y'all. It's so deep. Like, three deep, five me. Three deep, five me. You heard it here, folks. Are you ready for this production lore? Because there's a lot of production lore. There is so much lore. It is shockingly... Monster Trucks is shockingly deep in lore. Monster Trucks is a nightmare of a movie. And I mean a nightmare from the production timeline. Because uh, basically, Monster Trucks was born out of a panic that happened when a post-Rango Paramount Pictures lost the animation partnership they had with DreamWorks. Hashtag, oops... Sorry. <laughs> Scrambling to come up with a profitable franchise that they could make without, like, wrecking every person on the planet, they settled on something that would be mostly live action with, like, one animated thing in it. Monster trucks. The pet no, project. No. You, you said franchise, and you said barely animated. I would just like to point out that this film had 1,200 VFX shots. Wow, Really? That's many. Yeah. Yeah, that is a lot. I guess that uh -huh. makes sense. I So, like, you think that included all the chase scenes? Oh, absolutely. I was curious about that, because there was a lot of, like, Creech arm coming through on the truck, and I was like, ah, I imagine this truck is basically all CG at this point, but... Oh, you know. yeah. There were a couple shots where you could tell that the truck was entirely CG, and those were not great shots. No, like the one where the truck is wiggling on the edge of a building, clearly full CG. Yeah. Truck. Okay, so I did like a quick once over. There were three different studios that did the previs for this movie, which is a little excessive to me. But it also appears that MPC did the visual effects, which I didn't, I know. A bunch of people at MPC, and this was not the MPC of the people I know. It was the uh, offshoot of MPC. I think I think it was the Indian MPC. They did fine, I guess. They, there were a couple shots that I was like judging, and it seemed like an entirely different studio did them. Like they were so poorly done. I don't know. I watched Atlantic Rim over the weekend as well as I watched Monster Trucks. And I like, love Atlantic Rim. Yeah, but Atlantic Rim makes Monster Trucks look like a Transformers movie. Like, it makes the VFX in Monster Trucks look amazing. Oh, it does. Atlantic Rim is a shit show. 
Atlantic Rim is like eating a lemon and then eating a lime and being like, well, it's sweeter than the lemon. I think lemons are sweeter than limes, but we digress. Yes, at any rate. Um, so, Monster Trucks was the pet project of Adam Goodman, the president of Paramount Motion Pictures, who, he, like, went back and forth on this story in interviews. He said his son either had the idea and gave it to him at four years old, or his son was playing with toy trucks and Adam Goodman came up with it because what do four-year-olds like? Cars that go vroom and monsters that go rah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, Please note, this man was swiftly fired mid-production of Monster Trucks after making it a priority project, and then suddenly, no one at Paramount gave a hot fuck about Monster Trucks, leading to it missing not one, not two, but three release dates. Oh yeah, we went from this supposed to be uh, released May 2015, it was pushed back to December 2015, then to March 2016, and then finally... We got it in January 2017, and apparently these pushbacks were to complete post-production, and apparently Nickelodeon left this project as a producer partway through post, but they came back as, they were credited as a co-producer, so unclear on what happened there. I couldn't find any information on that. Um, This had a January 13th, 2017 release, and yeah, I saw it in theaters. Uh, I did not see Monster Trucks in theaters. I saw it on home release, like a person who doesn't want to go to the movies to see Monster Trucks. However, I did see the trailer in theaters and lost my mind. I uh, definitely yelled at this trailer, like, what is this movie? It was very exciting to see. This was something I definitely saw a trailer for and went, I want it. Like, I, I wanted it so bad. And then I didn't really hear anything about it. And that's because Paramount tried super hard to bury this movie, like ASAP. Paramount, when talking about this movie, would immediately pivot the discussion to other films that were more promising on the horizon, such as Sherlock Gnomes. I just want to like put that on the table, that Monster Trucks was the black sheep in a family with Sherlock Gnomes in it. The sequel to Sherlock Gnomes apparently wasn't bad. Uh, excuse me. The Sherlock Gnomes is the sequel to Nomeo Sorry. and Juliet. Get you your facts straight. Jeez. Sherlock Gnomes apparently was not terrible. No, I, I heard it was so pretty alright. Sorry. I just like I can't imagine being a production person who doesn't know anything about anything and is just like, yeah, the Sherlock Gnomes movie is going to be better than Monster Trucks. Just <sighs> ignore that movie, please. The worst part is they were they were right. Oh, they were assuredly right. I'm pretty sure Sherlock Gnomes, uh, like made a good profit, which would not shock me. I feel like here's the problem. I feel like Monster Trucks missed that sweet spot of the live action animation hybrid for kids by about a decade. Yeah, like if this had come out in 2007, holy shit. Well, like, movies are weird right now. It's really expensive to take your kid to a movie. So, like, you're not going to blow your $30 minimum on something you don't think is going to be good or that you don't want to see. That's why everyone goes to see whatever Disney movie is out. Everyone goes to see whatever, like, Kung Fu Panda 12 is out. Because, you know, you've got a baseline for that movie. You know it's going to be okay. Yeah, you know... I. Yeah, it's it's a trend that makes me very, very sad inside, but that's okay. Well, it's a problem. It's a bigger problem with the theater industry in general, but we don't have time to get into this. We really do need to we talk about We definitely don't. Trucks. Okay, Monster Trucks. Oh, my God. Monster Trucks, FYI, had a toy deal with Spin Master that fell through upon missing the first release date, which is impressive. Real, real quick, what's Spin Master? Spin Master is a popular toy co- company. They also do all the Paw Patrol toys right now, which should give you an idea of how much money they make. All of it. Got it. All of it. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of molds for Monster Truck toys that just got fucking thrown out when they realized this movie was not going to come out anytime soon. We should go look for those in a trash heap and see if we can do, like, the E.T. game. 
Oh, maybe. I don't know if they made it to production or not, though. I imagine they made it past prototyping, realized this movie was going to bomb, and that contract was destroyed. Eaten, probably. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Paramount also, again, zero goddamn faith in this movie, decided in September of 2016, between release date 2 and 3, they decided that they were going to take a $115 million write-down on this movie due to its expected poor performance at the box office in January. Which, like, alright, fine. Fucking $115 million. Meaning that we will never see a Monster Trucks 2 or literally anything relating to Monster Trucks ever again. I'm actually thinking about it now, and I'm trying to think if there's any film recently that was... um like pushed back more times and the only one that i can think of is alito battle angel yeah that i would not That's be surprised pushed. when's that coming it out is get... it valentine's day this year or like... it's valentine's day this year and let me tell you i actually went back and like watched through every trailer so that i could document when it was pushed back constantly oh boy that that's a future episode stay tuned but monster trucks Monster Trucks. At the box office, Monster Trucks performed as a classic Fuck You, It's January movie would, grossing $64 million worldwide against a $125 million budget because it assuredly lost the studio over $120 million. So, with the write-down, they really only lost $5 million. Beyond the point. And better yet, Viacom blamed unspecified failures in its motion picture distribution division, for the major third quarter loss. They didn't say it was monster trucks. It was a bunch of reporters piecing together elements of the profit and loss statements to discover that monster trucks was to blame. So sorry, monster trucks. You really, uh... R.I.P. On the bright side, it certainly could have opened much lower. We have a statement, uh, and I quote, As other January family releases have shown, like 2015's Strange Magic which launched in over 3,000 theaters with just $5.5 million, and Norm of the North, which opened with $6.8 million in 2016. Can we just pour one out for Strange Magic? Because you don't deserve that, baby. I don't want to pour one out. I want to, I'm raising my, you guys can't see it because this is a podcast. I am raising my beer to Strange Magic because we're both drinking to talk about monster trucks. Okay, I had two drinks during Strange Magic, but I did not need to get drunk afterwards. Correct. Strange Magic was pleasant, damn it. (laughs) That's so true. Um, Another surprising Monster Trucks detail. The people who saw this film actually liked it. It received an A on CinemaScore from audiences, and apparently a lot of dads took their kids to see this film. The audience was over half male and over half under the age of 18. Monster Trucks definitely reached its target audience of parents with small children, and many were saying how excited their son will be to see this movie in theaters. That's actually really nice. Uh, Also, before we delve into the plot, this was Danny Glover's first Nickelodeon film since Barnyard. Get fucked. Oh boy, Kristen Chenoweth and Danny Glover becoming uh, series regulars on this podcast. Not okay with that. Oh, yeah, we need to be nicer to Kristen Chenoweth and Danny Glover. No, I'm just mad that they're in all these movies. I'm guessing. I know. I guess they're like getting paid, but still, Mm. come on, guys. Hmm. You deserve better. You're good actors and actress. We ready to dive into the world of monster trucks? I suppose we are ready to dive into the deep, deep oil pit that is Monster Trucks. All right. Uh, Just an FYI, this plot summary is thorough, because uh, I think this is both of our second time seeing Monster Trucks, so I sure was not going to write a plot summary for this movie. You'll find out why as you hear the plot. I have seen it... I have seen it more than twice. I... Oh, boy. I have definitely... This was at least my fifth time seeing Monster Trucks. Who hurt you? Do you really want to get into that? We try and keep these recordings under an hour. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of keeping it under an hour, let's get bumping. Monster Trucks opens on the justification for its entire existence, which is that Terravix oil is in the midst of a fracking, fracking operation near a lake in North Dakota, overseen by its evil CEO and its less evil and very nerdy geologist. The operation releases three subterranean creatures and destroys the drilling rig. Two creatures are captured by the oil company, but one of them escapes. Meanwhile, high school senior Trip Cooley, or Coley, I don't really know how that's pronounced, I don't care. Please, is l- it can't be Cooley. It has to be Coley. Fine. Also, we never get his last name, so Trip. Yeah. Trip is looking for something to do to escape the life of his family. His parents are divorced, his mother Cindy is banging the town sheriff, and the town sheriff hates Trip because he won't ever leave the house and plays Metallica really loud and definitely smells bad. You are making half of that up, but it doesn't matter because we don't really get an explanation as to why Rick and Trip don't get along. So, you know what? That's as close as we're getting. It seems like Trip is just a kind of moody kid who works at the junkyard, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So There's nothing wrong with Trip. There's no, no, there's nothing wrong with Trip. Um, CEO Reese Tennyson, whose name I didn't know until literally doing this podcast, um, played by Rob Lowe. So I just referred to him as Rob Lowe and all I could think about was Parks and Rec. And I just wanted him to like look. There's a moment where he's like looking at the creatures in in their tanks. Um, and I wanted him to just be like, this is literally the worst thing that could have happened or like something like that. And just like go full parks and rec for a hot second before going back into his because he's he doesn't even act like an evil CEO. He just acts like a person. Yeah, he really he's not that evil. Uh, Minus the fact that he just wants to murder all of these gross goo monsters. That's fair. I mean, I want to murder them all, too. Yeah, they're pretty gross. (sighs) FYI, Trip is like 25, and he really looks it because they cast actual high school students as extras in this movie. And it makes Trip look insanely old. To which I counter... Maybe he just got held back a lot because there was a super duper like older guy when I went to high school, when I was a freshman. I have a late birthday, so I was a very young high school freshman. And there was this older guy from the urban suburban program named Asa. And Asa was in my bio class. And if Asa was like 27, I wouldn't have even questioned it. Uh, you were also a child. He probably had a mustache and you thought he was old enough to be your dad and he was, like, maybe 16. Oh, no. No, no, no. I was aware that Asa was definitely an adult. Like, this was Asa's last chance at high school before he had to, like, he couldn't go to high school anymore. Before he couldn't legally be in the same room as children. Basically, well, there's, like, a cutoff age for high school, you know? Before yeah. you have to take, like, your, whatever those are. Are they GCSEs? GED. GEDs. What are GCSEs? Those are, those are English, aren't they? Probably. Moving on. Yeah, they, this movie starts out really just kind of underwhelming, and it really does not help that we get the underwhelming title. The, just, like, the, the image that is the title of this movie is bland, And the text on all the trucks and the helicopters just look equally bland. And, yeah, we get... Trip rides the bus. Which is fine. There's one bus that services this whole fucking city, probably. I say city. Oh, obviously. One fucking town. And I grew up in nowhere northeast instead of nowhere midwest. But nobody in the area had a truck there's this one like air quotes around bully he's just a normal run-of-the-mill douchebag and he's got a truck and it's like a big ass purple and green ugly truck oh it's very ugly nobody in my middle of nowhere farm town had a truck like that i don't know why he wasn't the teravex oil guys kid i feel like that would have tied the movie together better 
I'm just going to keep coming up with solutions for this movie to make sense to me. And that's one of them. Once again, I feel like maybe he was, but it was cut for time. Maybe, because it was a weird plot thread that they kind of just briefly kept up in the background that this kid's kind of an asshole. Mm -hmm. At any rate, this opening is slow as heck. And it does this movie no favors. The oil plot, like, takes ten minutes to get going. And I imagine that the kids who wanted to see monsters and or trucks are like, mm, I'm not seeing either of these right now. Let me flap my hands into the popcorn and then run up and down the aisle real good. I think they were kind of anticipating that people would get to this movie late and or not care about being there on time to see credits or anything. So they were just like, let's just get this unimportant shit out of the way. Well, it is important, but it's not important. You can watch this movie without the first 10 minutes. I feel like they spend a lot of time on this oil plot in a movie that really you just want to see Trip and the monster be the truck. Yeah, that's fair. God, so Trip, the adult who goes to high school, works part-time at a junkyard, and he encounters this escaped creature and he captures it, but the creature escapes before the cops can get there. And he locks Creech in this... What are they called? Oh, it's like the grease pit? Yeah, the grease pit. There's no way Creech could have gotten out of there. No. Not without it evident that something escaped from that pit. Oh, yeah. So the grease pit is closed by a metal grate. Creech does have magnetic powers. Oh, shit. Yeah, but there was something... There was something... It was locked. Um, He put a crowbar across the handles, and he dumped the big, big, heavy toolbox on it. Those things yeah, are all not... all of which are made of metal, and Creech is magic. Yeah, but there was no evidence that any of that was disturbed. That's a good point. I don't know Creech about just that isn't part. there. Yeah... And Rick shows up, Rick the sheriff, because, of course. Rick, stepdad sheriff. Stepdad sheriff um, shows up and is just like, you're embarrassing me in front of my guys. You're going to wind up just like your dad. And it's like a very like, whoa, shit moment. It is. It's a Rick really means it as an insult. And you can see that Triv is not happy about it. And it is played real heavy. Like, it's not a one-off moment. It is a really tense moment. It is a good way of establishing a plot thread that's going to be relatively important to the first half of the movie. So credit where credit is due. Rick is clearly an asshole, and Tripp's dad is clearly a sensitive subject. Yeah, for sure. Meredith is the studious... Good girl, I guess. Basically me in high school busting ass for a scholarship to escape. We both end up totally fucked on that regard, but it doesn't matter. Moving on. The next day, Trip, along with Meredith, find the creature, Creech, has a diet of oil and he takes and it lives in the hood of his busted up, not working truck. Truck. Trip quickly befriends the creature and naming him Creech promises to help get him home. Trip modifies the truck so that way the creature can control the truck and use it and be a makeshift engine for the truck. And Meredith is impressed as she rides her horse through the plains while Creech follows as a truck. <sighs> it's it's a great scene. The horse, truck, monster boy. It's all the things that you want out of a movie. Did uh, any of that track for you? First of all, this is not what a fucking horse girl looks like. No. She looks way more like a lacrosse girl. Horse girls are either super slutty and they, like, try and sell nudes on the internet, or they're super conservative and boring. Like, Meredith is just super neurotic. Uh, which horse girl are you? Don't ask that question. Oh, okay. I'm the boring kind. I figured. And if she was a horse girl, we totally, totally would have known about it, like, prior. Like, when we first meet her, just as a one-off. If she's a horse girl, where is her fishtail braid? Where is her low ponytail? Oh, true. It's it's a low ponytail, but also like Yeah, no. When we first what is she wearing when we first meet her? Like 
a high collared, like she's wearing a button up shirt buttoned all the way up with a sweater over it and then a jacket over that. In her defense, it's really cold in North Dakota. Yeah, but in the rest of the film, she's wearing like much lighter clothing all of a sudden. I think that they filmed the first scene in winter because you can see that everyone is dressed really warm and then no one is dressed really warm for the rest of the movie. I don't know what happened there, but you can see that the production timeline either like started a little early with the oil Mm -hmm. rig scenes and like the trip's dad scenes and then they moved it to summer for all the fun Creech scenes or maybe they just had a cold week and then a warm week. (laughs) Sounds like North Dakota. I really, I can't imagine that it took more than three or four weeks to get all the principal photography done on this movie. Yeah. We got, um, we get introduced to a character, Sam, who is allegedly Tripp's best friend that we see twice in this whole movie. I'm really mad about Sam because there's definitely a shot in the trailer where Sam, Tripp, and Meredith are all like, whoa, inside of a monster truck as it's, you know, doing its thing. And in my head, I had already put together this film and it was much better than what I saw. I do not remember that trailer. I remember because when I saw Sam, I was like, oh, yeah, there's the nerdy fat friend from the trailer. I'm excited for him to say funny jokes and fall over. And then he did (laughs) none of that. Yeah, he looks like a more adult grown up Carl from Jimmy Neutron. He does. I it also doesn't help Trip at all that like this kid is like, Trip, we're best friends. And Trip is just like, I wish you would explode. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. It's sad. (sighs) Oh. You want to talk about how much we hate the look of this monster? Creech. Creech is the worst. Uh, He's like a sea turtle and a manatee and an octopus all in one gooby bloob. And he's just there and it's not cute. And uh, his skin texture is the only thing that I'm like, yes, it's fine. It's good. Also, he has this mouthful of teeth that you see like once in the whole movie. You see it a couple times. I don't know why they were like, this thing has to have a mouth that's full of crazy teeth, but that was a big feature of Greech. Oh, yeah. And it was like, how can we make this blobfish garbage disposal sarlacc manatee look cute? I don't know. Put its eyes really far apart and make it slimy. Like, instead of hiring a creature designer who specialized in cute and cuddly things, because they clearly were trying to go for something cute... It's like they hired fucking Hieronymus Bosch, and they were like, take a larva, give it tentacles, and slime it up. Ugh. And, like, Creech is shown to be pretty athletic and nimble, but there's a scene where he, like, can't escape the metal crusher. I'm like, is it like a turtle? Like, if he's on his back, he can't go anywhere? But he's got tentacles. I think he just didn't understand what was happening. Because it's shown that, like, he sees that the oil can gets crushed and suddenly Creech is like, oh, you weren't just pulling on my arms to pull on my arms. You wanted me to get out of there. But he, like, looks up and he's just like, yup, my death is imminent. I don't think he understood fully. Who knows? When uh, Creech shows Meredith that he's, like, in the truck, he stands up from under the truck with the truck still on his back. And it's probably one of the only scenes where Creech is legitimately cute. It made mm-hmm. me laugh because he's just, like, dancing with the whole truck body on him. And I was like, oh, I can see where, like, you thought this would be appealing. Is this Transformers? <laughs> uh, at one point, Meredith is sitting with Trip, and she's like, Creech needs to go back where he came from. And Trip's kind of like, no, I, I like having a truck. We don't, we don't really need to rush this. Oh, yeah. And, like, I just, I want to address that as much as we don't like the creature design of Creech. None. Zero in- percent. In all fairness, the shots with him, a majority of the shots with Creech, look totally fine. For what this film is, and for the cost of it, it could have looked so much worse. But we get this well-lit and, like, matched to the environment blob. And there there may be, I could count on maybe one hand, the number of times I was looking at this film and going, eh, that looks terrible. And they're not soul creature shots. It's like truck flying through the air shots, like things like that. I am defending monster trucks. That's fine. Like, and again, it's not, it's not that hard when you have a well-textured and lit creature to make them look all right in the real world. 
They yeah. clearly put in the pre-work on Creech so he doesn't look like shit. For sure. Now, here is some bullshit, my friends, listeners, my dears. Meredith is the horse girl. She has a horse. Now, Meredith's horse is a chestnut with a blaze. So like a light brown red with a white stripe on its face, like a big white stripe for those people uneducated in the ways and terms of ponies. Now, we see this horse, we get good establishing shots of this horse, and then Creech sees the horse and kind of approaches it a little bit and knocks over a table, and then the horse rears up. It's a different fucking horse. It is a completely different horse. Like, the horse that rears up is a dark bay, so a very dark brown, almost black horse. The stripe on its face is completely different. And then they switch back in, like, the very next shot to the first horse. So they only had... They they needed this horse to rear for one shot. And they were like, shit, this riding horse doesn't know how to rear, but we want to spook this horse. Get the trick horse. So they fucking pull in a totally different horse. What kills me right now is that it's not that hard to find a chestnut horse with a blaze. Like, they're pretty common. Okay. It's harder to find a dark bay with that kind of... Okay, whatever. Also, when Trip takes the truck out and you have that scene with Meredith and Trip where she's on the horse and he's in the truck, there's like a matter of 30 seconds between Trip getting in the car and going out and Meredith showing up on the horse. There's no fucking way she could tack up that horse that fast because she's riding Western. Like, this is full tack, mind you. Goddamn. I take issue with this film. And its horses. So meanwhile, in the other plot of this film, you don't actually care about. Yep. Uh, the CEO is still concerned about the incident at the drilling rig that exposed the creatures, since similar experiments have revealed that the other two creatures think. He decides to protect the company's image by drilling poison into a hole leading to the underwater tunnels and by sending a hired mercenary... Burke, a.k.a. Guy in Leather Jacket, to kill the captured creatures to the objection of the nice scientist as he finds the monsters are basically smart dolphins and they go oot oot all the time and he likes them. By the way, these oil guys, they're evil. They're super evil and it, the movie will pause itself every like 20 minutes to remind you that the evil oil guys are evil. Because they're pretty sure you forgot about it because you're a dumb little kid and there's been monsters on screen. Oh, yeah. And we... Yeah. All right. More evil oil guys, I guess, because Tripp and Meredith go to see Tripp's dad, Wade, who's in one shot. And he is... Oh, he's a sad individual. Wade is basically father of the year. Wade left his family and Trip isn't even sure he's like alive or around, but apparently works within driving distance at the oil rig. Yeah, and and when Trip when they go visit, Trip introduces himself as, Hey dad, it's Trip. And his dad's like, Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Oh god, when you have to say it like when you have to introduce yourself to your own dad like that, that's just sad, dude. Yeah, the movie, like, kind of briefly impi implied that Trip thought his dad was dead, or at least, like, very gone. And the fact oh, that yeah. seeing him on TV was shocking means that this dude has been 0% involved. Not just an absentee father, but, like, a, a ghosted father. Yeah, and Trip kind of, like, not, like, idolizes him, but it's very clearly he's just like, I'm gonna go live with my dad after I graduate, or whatever. And you're like, no, you're not. He clearly thinks life would be better if his dad was around and instantly finds out that that's not the case because Tripp's dad sold him out to the evil guy and the evil guy shows up and is like, ooh, your dad called me because Tripp's dad, one, works for the oil rig. Two, Tripp's mom called him and was like, hey, Tripp's probably going to come see you because, I don't know, he's like PMSing real hard or something. 
<laughs> keep an eye out for him. Uh, so Trip in Trip's dad calls the bad guys and the police, and oh, both yeah. of them show up at the same time. And Trip is like, "Dad, you suck. I'm leaving. Goodbye." And he rams Creech through his dad's trailer, exploding it, which is dope. Oh yeah, it's super dope. And then. They have a long chase scene where Trip and Meredith and Creech are chased by the bad guy, and they escape by jumping over a train, and they go to Meredith's hunting cabin out on the lake and camp down for the night. Yeah, her dad's hunting cabin. Yeah, whatever, Meredith. We get it. Your family has money. It's North Dakota. You don't need a lot of money. No, they have like $10. Basically, North Dakota, I'm pretty sure, had this homesteading thing where they were giving away land for free at some point. Also, is this the only kids movie where there's legitimate alcohol drinking on screen? What? Tripp's dad fucking takes out a bottle of whiskey and just pours himself a highball. Mm-hmm. And then drinks it in front of his kid. Oh, yeah. This is very blatantly alcohol. Wait. Maybe it is. It's like brand name, we can see the bottle whiskey. Yeah, that's why I remembered it. Holy because I was shit. like, all right, this guy's a scumbag. Like Holy midday shit. whiskey. Hey, don't knock the midday whiskey. I'm not knocking the midday. I'm knocking the your absent, your like son that you abandoned shows up and you're like, I am still going to have this highball of whiskey. I earned it. Yeah, well, if your son that you abandoned shows up, I'd need a fucking drink, too. His dad is clearly not prepared to talk to his kid for five minutes. Oh, yeah. They explode the trailer. Absolutely. Just, done. Um, But uh, this is also some of the best monster trucking in the movie. Like... There's just so much, like, jumping over stuff and going real fast. It's pretty good, and I appreciate that they're using the monster truck to the best of their ability. Yeah, it's very clearly a monster truck. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I mean, like, Tripp's dad, at the very least, like, listened to his mom and was like, okay, Tripp's gonna be here. I'm just gonna call everybody who I think would be relevant to taking my kid away from me immediately. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, like, he knew he was a terrible father and was just immediately ready. But it's not, he doesn't even call the cops. Like, Rick just happens to see this. He calls the straight-up bad guys. And Meredith, like, she's like, you're not the police. You can't even take him. And the bad guy's like, shut the fuck up. And Meredith just backs off. And, like, that's how you know she's not a real horse girl. Because a real horse girl would have straight up fucked this guy up. Like, she would have ruined this man. It doesn't matter if he's twice her size. Real horse girl would have fucking gone toe to fucking toe. Wait, okay, yeah, Rick was just there? Yeah. Rick was Rick was kind of driving along the road and was just like, what is this altercation? I should, as the sheriff, go check it out. This movie has, like, six characters. How could they not just have Tripp's dad also call the police? Whatever. He deserved to have his trailer exploded. It's just like, dad is worst dad. Trip. Blatant and intense destruction of property. Dad, I'm gonna wreck everything you've ever owned all at once. Fuck you. This fucking trailer. And like, yeah, the chase scenes happen. They're really, they're, they're pretty fun. Yeah, like I, this movie is pretty fun, especially upon first watch, because you're like, oh, hooray, a chase scene. Yeah, and upon subsequent watches, you're like, oh, yeah, chase scene. Or if you're me, uh, you gently skip through the chase scene because it doesn't have any plot in it and there's really nothing to make fun of. No, I th- there was something to make fun of because there's the adult bad guy whose name I don't remember. He just like drives straight head on into a dumpster that he totally would have seen. And his reaction is just like, a, oh, gosh, darn it. He's not evil enough. No, he's just, like, ambivalently bad. He's just like, I was hired to be the baddie. Yeah, it's not enough. He's not like, I'm gonna murder these kids, or, like, I wanna stab this monster because I'm evil. He is just like, I'm gonna, I guess, bring you back to the oil rig because that's the contract I'm fulfilling. Yeah. Uh, 
Also, when Tripp and Meredith go back to that hunting cabin and go camp outside for the night, like, Meredith is definitely trying to get with Trip, and I cannot oh, believe that nothing happened. To fuck. I mean, I don't blame her. Like, Trip is the exact kind of swoopy-haired bad boy that every boring high school girl that was probably in marching band wants in her life. Oh, she's... That's what she is. She's not a horse girl. She's fucking marching band girl. Oh, yeah, she plays the flute. I, you know, it's either flute or piccolo. Yeah, something annoying where she thinks she's important, but she's just another thing that goes toot. Yep. Tweetie God, I hate flute players. I... Yeah, I hated the flute players, too. Yeah, because I was a percussionist, and they were always like, we're great, our instruments require breath control, and I was like, I hit mine real loud. I was a cellist, so I didn't get to do anything fun. Oh, you had taste, okay. But yeah, they're <laughs> they're at this cabin. She wants to fuck. Trip goes inside his truck and gets a moment to cry. Because he does. He cries. And it's actually kind of sad. Yeah, like, you feel for Trip. He is just having the worst day of his life. The worst day of his life. His dad fucking called the cops on him. His dad does not want him at all. He's just been chased by bad guys and his stepdad. And now this girl wants to fuck him. It's a bad, confusing day. He just wants to pet his truck and feel better. But yeah, no, he gets this little moment to cry and it's not played off as a joke and it's not seen as a moment of weakness and it's just a little moment. But he, he like, you know, he is comforted by the creature in his truck. Strangely... <laughs> I do appreciate Creech, like, and again, no one told Trip to man up. No one ever made it like Trip wasn't manly or that he needed to do something different. Yeah. It's it's the one shining spot in this otherwise just okay movie. It's very good. And then the movie immediately gets back to the boring stuff. Oh, Creech yeah. gets the magic sense that something bad's gonna happen to the other creatures. So he uh, just takes off in the middle of the night and goes to the Terravex headquarters where the other creatures are being held captive. We really needed to name these. Like, octopods, something, because it's really hard to talk about them when they're not just Creech. The creatures. Tripp and Meredith also go to Terravex to follow Creech. And when they arrive, they find Creech's parents, but are attacked by Terravex workers. Creech arrives and is captured. Trip and Meredith are also captured and taken to the bad guy CEO. And he tells them to forget about Creech and his parents, and they're escorted out because, you know, corporate bad guys. Yep, corporate, corporate bad guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Oil companies are evil. This is a very anti-oil movie, and I... I'm genuinely surprised that that sentiment was not talked about. I'm not mad about it. No, it's just strange. Yeah, like, I guess this was right during all the pipeline stuff. Just, like, it's impressive that the movie doesn't touch upon that the fracking could be destructive to anything other than these, like, nice, mooing monsters. Yeah, so they get... Creech abandons them at the cabin, by the way. So Meredith and Trip have to take a cab to where Creech is. And Meredith has a credit card, which is her dad's credit card, or it is assumed to be her dad's credit card. And after paying for the gas that feeds Creech in a couple earlier scenes, in addition to this cab ride, it's going to be a fucking hella expensive credit card statement for her dad and she's gonna have to explain this she's gonna hear about it she's gonna be grounded for real for realsies i'm just impressed that the kids are like all right let's go follow this creature even though the police have followed us and we're on the run and we're child criminals and we're gonna go fight the oil company like they're all in on this immediately there is no moment of doubt there is no hesitation meredith doesn't like turn to trip and go this is a bad idea they're oh, just yeah. doing it and like 
the trip is definitely over 18 and will be tried as an adult. And at the time this movie was released, the guy playing him was 26 and Meredith was 27. Wow, she looked really good for 27. We're almost 27. Yeah, I don't look that young. I look like a child. I mean, I still get carded no matter what. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but like, she looks good. Yeah, no, I was convinced that she was younger than he was. Not by much, but like, a little bit. No, I would have assumed she was like 21. But still, good for her. The scientist loves these dumb dumb animals he's so into them and it's kind of adorable i hate them there's a okay there's a red one and a blue one but it's never established which is which because i would think that the the red one was male because it's got that weird funky head crest on it are you genuinely trying to figure out the genders of the things in uh, monster trucks when they couldn't even be bothered to come up with a uh, species name for them? Yes. <sighs> Jesus. I have yeah. a lot of feelings. The scientist becomes their third man, like, in the group of uh, Trip and Meredith and the other good guy. It becomes the scientist guy, which is just weird. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because Sam, the uh, red-headed stepchild of this movie, I don't think he can drive legally. Yeah, but how good would that have been if it's like, well, you're not driving, the monster's driving. Ugh. This movie would have been so much better if Sam were the doofy best friend. Yeah. And yeah. just like, I don't know how you, like, was Sam not available to shoot it? And they just had to cut all those scenes out of the script? Uh, the scientist decides to help Trip and Meredith rescue the creatures. With the help of Trip's junkyard boss, Danny Glover, they acquire <laughs> two more trucks. One repossessed from the rich douchebag, who apparently failed to make his truck payments. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the dealership of the redheaded stepchild of this movie, Sam whose father owns the car dealership. They modify the trucks at his place uh, for Creech's parents to control, similar to Creech, who apparently they learn this via hive mind, that they have a hive mind, so now they know how to control the trucks. Yeah, for sure. Jim, Meredith, and Trip are driving the monster trucks. Oh, uh, Creech is a boy, because Meredith would obviously drive the truck with the girl Creech in it. Oh, that makes sense. Ding, ding, ding. I'm a genius. You mean the pink truck? Yeah. So, like, they're not going to put the one boy Creech in the pink truck for the girl. They're going to put the one girl Creech, a.k.a. the mommy, in that truck. That's fine. Yeah, there you go. That's your answer. So, when they repo the popular guy's truck, you were just like, why does the girl just, like... Because the popular guy's girlfriend watches them take this truck and just lets it happen yeah and honestly i feel like she super didn't want to be in that relationship and the whole subtext of it makes me massively uncomfortable it made me uncomfortable that it seemed like she was cool with trip and i just like i wanted her to also be an awful person and to like start yelling about it it just it was a really uncomfortable scene where he's playing a video game and she's sitting there and is clearly like uh pay attention to me i'm wearing a cute denim skirt and instead yeah. he's playing Call of Duty or whatever. And when she sees the truck getting repossessed, she just gently waves at Trip like, you can take this truck. I don't care. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, cue the montage music as well. Cue the montage music for the third montage in this movie. Count them three. I don't need that many montages in a movie, goddammit. Yeah. And here's where we get Sam. Finally, Sam, the goofy best friend, had a much larger role in this that was cut out for time. And it would make sense because he seems like his character initially had purpose that didn't get realized. But at this point, we'll never know. Like for a character whose dad owns the local truck dealership that they make a big deal out of in the very beginning. He we just ignore it. The truck dealership is only plot relevant in these two exact scenes, the scene where he's introduced and this scene right here, and they really didn't need it at all because Trip already worked at the junkyard. 
Like, yeah. we couldn't have just fixed these cars at the junkyard and saved ourselves a new location and a useless character that we don't bring on the adventure. Mm-hmm. Sam doesn't get to come with them. Sam is left behind for absolutely no reason. Oh, yeah. And Sam is, once again, the comedic relief. When the bad guys show up, he's just like, welcome to whatever Dodge. Would you like a cup of complimentary coffee? Like, ha fucking ha. Yeah, so... Uh, the creatures peace out and the bad guys show up at the car dealership just a second too late. Good. Yep. Great. So it uh-huh. leads to another car chase, this time Woo-hoo! up a mountain. Yay. But uh, the whole group manages to escape from the bad guy. And yep. the scientist is spending all of his on-screen time getting validation from high schoolers. Oh, yeah. And it's because he's sad and alone and hasn't had sex for a really, really long time. And he just desperately wants positive attention from someone. This is a good note from my rewatching of the movie. The fact that the creatures understand how to run the trucks is instantly is some shit, but whatever, three times the trucks. To which I replied, bitch, they made like three throwaway comments about hive mind intelligence. Upon reading that, I did remember that they said that multiple times. I just blocked it out during the movie itself because I was so desperate for something to comment on that wasn't just like, yep, we're jumping trucks over little piles of dirt again. Hooray. Fuck you. I mean, like, the movie brings us a lot of monsters and a lot of trucks. I feel like I didn't get enough monster and I got a lot of truck. But, like, yes. Okay, you definitely made good on your promise with the amount of chase scenes. But that is not how... There's a scene where Lady Creech fucking flips over two trucks. That's not how trucks would have flipped. Like, that's not how it would have worked. Okay. Uh, Speaking of physics, how tough is the skin of these gooey babies that um, they, like, should have just died rubbing their bloody stumps across these gross mountainsides at super high speeds? Like... Are they made of Kevlar? What's the deal with these guys? They're not scraping all of their skin off. I would think that they're kind of, like, they're super tough because they have to scrape through the oil deposits and, like, the little water shafts that they live in underneath the earth under immense pressure. Uh And also, they're kind of jelly and squishy and gross and slimy, so maybe it just kind of slides right off them. Like, they've maybe they've got, like, a really thick layer of mucus. Oh, you think there's, like, no friction, so they're good? Well, yeah, because how else would they be able to run these cars without getting hurt or too hot? That's a good point. But yeah, it's never established how this works. Also, in these scenes, there's this, there is a series of shots where they are going across a field. Uh, Trip is wearing a three-point harness. When we get to the mountain shots, Trip is magically not wearing his harness. And I checked for this. Like, I went back, I hit the rewind button, and he's not wearing his harness once they get to the mountain. Which does, in fact, make it easier to throw him out of the truck, so we get that nice scene of, um, fucking him dangling off a mountain, which happens. I would imagine that the reason the harness appears and disappears is because the stunt they were doing was particularly dangerous. Yeah, okay. But, uh, okay, why, oh, why were they racing? Oh, they were, okay, so they were racing up the mountain to, to encounter, stop the yeah, to stop the poison trucks, uh, the Poseon to destroy us, all the bad guys. And yes. they jump off the mountain. The scientist is like, we can jump off this mountain. I am an adult and I say that it's not possible. And the response is basically, eh, we're teenagers, let's fucking go. We're ready to die. Yeah, they flip this tanker full of poison. They don't stop it, they flip it. And, like, the one of the worst shots in this is this really fake shot where Rick has this huge truck excavator ramp thing, and it just looks super fake. Like, you can tell that it's CG, and it's not pretty. Oh, but, it's, uh... uh it's really poison. Bad. Poison. The so, poison. They stop this dumped. Yeah, they flip this one tanker, but it turns out there was another one that and the poison has already been inserted. So Trip gets into a head on battle with Burke, who is the bad guy. 
And he attempts to push him into the drilling hole, but it ends when Trip and Creech overturn Burke's truck and they destroy the poison machine and kill Burke when his truck is thrown into the equipment. But Trip falls into the deep, deep hole. Creech saves him from drowning before he and his parents depart back home and Teravex is exposed by the group for the experimentation that was harming the creature's habitats. Tennyson is arrested. Trip and Rick develop on good terms. I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, Trip and Rick. God, his name is hard to say. They end up being on good terms and they build a new engine for the truck and Trip and Meredith end up getting together. Hooray. The movie is immediately over. Pretty much. So uh, when Trip falls into the hole, Creech saves him and Creech mm-hmm. is glowing because he's back underwater now. And so at one point, he's just like holding Trip's like definitely drowning body and just glowing and smiling at him, mm-hmm. just glowing at this dying little boy. Oh, yeah. And there's a scene at the hunting cabin where Creech is in the lake and he's glowing and it's actually a really nice scene. It's very quiet and peaceful and the glowing does not look terrible. But when you get all of these things, they're just gross. Okay, there's like 30 of them in one shot in this movie and then they all glow, which is terrible and I hate Mm -hmm. it. Um, But like, in my mind, that's the most expensive shot in this whole movie because you got to do like 30 of these Creech heads. You know... I don't know if it was the most expensive shot, but it was definitely an expensive shot. For sure. I, I think modeling all the Creech heads, like, because they are relatively unique. You can see that they didn't just copy and paste one row of Creech heads. And I appreciate that. The movie also, out of things to say, just distinctly, immediately, because once Creech is back in the ground and everything's good to go, the movie just abruptly ends. Like, they spend, like, 20 seconds wrapping shit up. They're just like, how can we protect these creatures? I don't know. Instead of recognizing the fact that they are a separate species under the Earth and maybe we should do something about it, they have a voiceover of Meredith being like, hey, my friends and I were trespassing, basically. Um... And we noticed some horned lizards on the Teravex property. Are those endangered? And my first thought was, did they just introduce a non-native species to an area? An endangered non-native species? Because that's how the Teravex Corporation gets shut down, by the way. They were excavating in a, in an area where, um, there were, there was an endangered species. Which is stupid. All, all of it's stupid. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, it's all stupid. And the mo- like that Meredith voiceover was definitely like, we cut out the last 15 minutes of this movie because we realized no one cared. Oh, yeah. Like, the movie literally is just like, it's over. Yep. Go home. That's it. Uh, yeah, they do pretty much immediately cut into the full credits, which have a really cute design. Most of the credits in most movies are just like, here's a big, bold, sans serif font with a list of names. This one, mm-hmm. they like, they picked fun colors and they picked a font that matched the movie. It's like a little goofy. It's a little fun. And they had these nice, like, whiteboard-esque drawings and glow colors of uh, Trip and Meredith driving the truck. It was very pleasant. I actually really appreciated that someone took the time to make nice-looking credits for this movie. Like, the credits were really, really cute, but they didn't really match. No, it wasn't like they looked like anything that we had seen in the movie. Yeah, they... You know, if we had had a style of movie, Monster Trucks, that was exactly like that, it would have been fine. It would have been really cool, actually. Yeah, like a really cutesy, stylized, animated movie. Yeah, I think that would have been really neat to have, like, an animated movie that was just, like, fun neon colors the whole time. Absolutely. But we didn't get that. We got monster trucks. And these are lengthy credits. Like, it it felt like they were so, so long. They were very long. Just as long as the post schedule on this. Boom. Yeah. Right here with the hot fire. Yeah. There was a lot of previs done before this movie. Like I said, three companies. And there was a long post schedule. Like 
that's the reason they kept delaying this movie, allegedly, was because they had so much post work. And like I said, 1,200 creature shots to animate and integrate. An MPC did the visual effects. But as far as I can tell, it is not North American continent MPC. I like this quote that we've gathered about the design of Creech. Oh, yeah. Chris Wedge, the director, who said he wanted to make the creature seem as real as he could, but as impossible as he could. So we used reference from everything from an octopus to a walrus to a seal and a beluga whale. Like, yeah, it looks like an animal puree and it's fucking awful because of that. You should have just made one and made it cuter. But like I said, it looks more like a larva with tentacles. Yeah, like, it's got this big, wide head and the weird eyes. It's not on screen for most of the movie. It's in the truck. And I think that's because someone acknowledged, like, we can't... I would have to imagine that a lot of the previs was like, how's the monster going to look in the truck? Like, what will we sell toys of? And Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you there's an earlier draft of this movie where the monster's head is just popping out of the hood like, hey, what's up? I'm the hood of this truck. (laughs) And you can tell they definitely walked back on that when they got a final design for Creech. Who else worked on this? Mr. X. Yeah, I could tell. What else do we get? A lot of MPC. It looks like a majority of this was done at MPC with a little bit done at Prime Focus. View D. Okay. So this movie was cut. The first cut of this movie was about half an hour longer than the final cut. And this movie was already just over a hundred minutes. How do you make a movie aimed at kids and you're like, yeah, it's going to be uh, an over two hours long? I don't know. I mean, Marvel movies are regularly, like, two hours long, you know? Yeah, but kids definitely don't pay attention for half of a Marvel movie. If you ask a kid to sum up what happened, they don't know. The film was shot in British Columbia, so it makes sense that Vancouver MPC would do the visual effects. So, Monster Trucks. We did not truly hate Monster Trucks. I would say it's more of an ambivalence that leans towards dislike but not outright hatred yeah like it's fine it's it's definitely better than fine if you're a young boy who likes trucks like Mm -hmm. yes this is gonna be your movie but there's so much that you could have done to make this movie better overall plot wise like it's dour for a fun kids movie yeah it's not really a fun kids movie it's more of like a drama I don't know why you wouldn't go goofy and big with this and make it the funny movie where the kind of tough kid has a fat best friend and they're messing around and they find this monster and then they have a cool truck and they're the cool kids at school. Like, why would you not do that? I feel like Monster Truck's strength, oddly enough, was that Paramount hated this movie and tried to bury it really, really, really hard. Like, I wanted to go see it more because Paramount didn't want people to go see it. Like, it became this little personal vendetta of, like, you don't want me to see monster trucks? Fuck you. I'm going to see monster trucks. That's a good point. They did make sure that no one knew about monster trucks, and I think that's what drew me to it, was the fact that I really had to look for it. Yeah, everybody was like, ooh, what if we didn't see monster trucks? And I was like, no, bitch, we're seeing monster trucks. It's true. There there was something tempting about monster trucks from the lack of advertising and the buzz that surrounded it being this big shitstorm that I was genuinely disappointed when it came out to just be an okay movie. Oh yeah, for sure. It It's kind of like a sad movie. I really, I was waiting for it to be a nightmare. So sad. But it wasn't, and I think that was the best part. Monster Trucks ranking. I'm so, I'm going to slot it in my third spot right under uh, Strange Magic and Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart as something, again, boring, but that I could recommend as a movie you might want to see and giggle at. I would rank it second at that point. <gasps> Just because Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart, you're not really getting a chuckle out of. You're kind of just sitting there in disbelief at what this movie is. 
So monster trucks, yeah. If if you're gonna watch something to kind of giggle at it, I would say monster trucks. If you're gonna watch something visually stunning, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Art. We'll argue about another movie next week, and it's Ooh. time to pick. It's time to pick. But I'm calling your bluff. We're gonna watch a pet movie. Does Cats and Dogs have Jeff Goldblum in it? Does Cats and Dogs have Jeff Goldblum in it? Great question. Cats? Let's find out. Can I convince you on Jeff Goldblum? It does! He's We're Professor it. Brody! It's in. Yes! Why do I know that? That's a great question. All right. Well, we know what we're doing. Yes. As always, thank you for listening to us dissect a movie and talk about all of the terrible guts and innards and teeth that you didn't want to see. If you want to help support our podcast, please be sure to sign up for our premium Snapchat where you will receive the dankest of memes the dopest of snaps of things that we see on the internet because we're going to hold our phones up to the screen and zoom in on that meme super hard and literally maybe some pictures of our pets. I don't know why you signed up for this premium Snapchat. What did you expect? Until next time, I'm Melanie. And I'm Emily. And this has been an animated opinion. Do, 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 do. And title music that we don't have. You should probably buy some stock music for this, right? Or I guess we could just use that. <laughs> yep, that's it. Right now, our lives are on our phones. And with our phones full of live-streamed exercise classes, midday work calls, and nightly family video calls, there's no room for fraud calls. Thankfully, AT&T makes customer security a priority, helping block those pesky calls. It's not complicated. AT&T Active Armor, 24-7 proactive network security and fraud call blocking to help stop threats at no extra charge. Compatible device slash service required. Visit at slash Active Armor for details.